Hey, this is Jeff Gannon, and you're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast, the podcast where Andrew and I talk general investing concepts. To get even more content from me and Andrew, sign up for the Focus Compounding app. The Focus Compounding app costs $7.95 a month. It comes with a bunch of 2,000-word articles from me each week, a fresh batch of five-minute videos from the both of us, along with one bonus extra-long episode of the podcast each Saturday, and immediate access to our complete backlog of 200-plus episodes. To sign up, go to focuscompounding.com app or wherever apps are sold. And now here's Andrew with your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? Hope you are doing well. My name is Andrew Kuhn, Focus Compounding, sitting next to Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing very well, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hope everyone is doing great as well. In today's podcast, we're going to spend some time going over some accounting things. We haven't done an episode dedicated directly to this in some time. Uh-huh. It always gets the most engagement. Okay. I'm going to have the screen up right now, and I have to do the non-HTML thing, op- or open as HTML. There right. we go. We're going to go through XBRL. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We'll go through Apple, okay. and we could go directly we to the balance sheet. Yeah, yeah. You What's can, the first thing you do, though? Would, like, Do you just go right to any financials, or do you start from the top and work no, your way down? I read the whole 10K. Yeah. So I do the 10K, the 10Q, and the, the 14A, and I usually do it in that order. Yeah. What is the most interesting filing for you? Oh, the 10K. 10K. All right. All righty. So Here we go. we're so at the balance, balance sheet. sheet. Yep. Yeah. So I just wanted to go over the things that I actually do when I look at the balance sheet because people ask that sort of thing a lot and I'm not sure if they, you know, um, uh, we get into too much detail about everything that could be on and stuff instead of the first things I immediately look at. So very first lines I look at before looking at anything would just be what are the total current assets? Okay, I see that. And then what are the total liabilities? All right. So... Total liabilities exceeds current assets. So that's the first thing to notice here. And then the second thing I look at is what are the total current assets versus the total current liabilities. So current assets is higher than total li- than um, current liabilities. So that means what we have here is the items term debt and other non-current liabilities, right? That's what's adding up to make it more than what they have now. So in this case, I would look at like, what is the term debt? Now you can actually see because in the case of um, Apple, they have, uh, it's publicly traded. Mm-hmm. So it'll actually be on the front page of the 10K. If it's publicly traded, it's on the front page of the 10K. So it actually shows the notes and stuff. But then there's an added thing here, which normally doesn't show up. So if we look, the thing that really throws stuff off is non-current assets, marketable securities. So normally this wouldn't show up and you don't have to worry about it. It's very rare for a company to have non-current assets that are actually liquid assets that um, are like cash, but that's like cash. So if we take that and then add it to Apple's um, cash and cash equivalents and their marketable securities up there, then actually just their cash, their marketable securities and their, um, if we take all their marketable securities together and stuff, actually adds up to close 80% or something of their total liabilities and a lot more than their current liabilities. So they actually have a super strong balance sheet and stuff, which wouldn't be obvious unless we check that thing about the marketable securities, which is odd since it's in the non-current assets. But most companies aren't going to have any line that says marketable securities. So that's the first thing I would look at. You can pick another company. Okay. Um, let's go back. So I didn't look at property planning equipment there just because it's not a very big item. Um, we'll find some companies where it is, but for Apple, it just isn't significant that way. Let's look at a bank. Okay. I know you don't use the filing type. 
Uh, well, for them, it would be good to use because we're looking at Bank of America. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because banks and things file lots yeah, of... Yeah, frequently. Yeah, because they have to file things from the stuff that they own and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. The problem is you're going to have to go all the way to the balance sheet mm. this way. Um, Where are we at here? Income. 65. Here we go. Okay. So that's the statement of cash flow. So let's see. We go to... Here we go. 53. Okay. All right. So this is a bank, the balance sheet. So we can't even fit it all on one page here. And it's very complicated, right? Yes. So what are things that are important here? Let's look right away. One of the first most important things is total assets. So what does it say total assets are? Total assets are 2.7 trillion. Okay. And then we take we look down and we look at what our shareholders equity. All right. 265 billion. Right. So we can take 2.7 trillion divide by the shareholders equity and stuff and see that's about 10 times, right? So mm-hmm. it's about 10 times leverage. That's so just assets over equity. Now, from that we don't know if the equity includes things that are like goodwill and stuff like that. So we could look up and see if they have goodwill and items like that. That means that's not all tangible equity. They do have goodwill, but is it a big item? Um, how much is it? 68 billion. Yeah. That's not a very big item for a two. What do we say? Two and a half trillion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it, you know, it, it's basically leveraged at sort of a normal level. And we could see that when we talk about quick FS and things like that. Okay. Then the other thing I would look at is what is the structure of their deposits and stuff. And so you can just eyeball this. This is their liabilities by how do these things line up against each other? So if we go down to liabilities, which are like economically an asset for a bank, mm-hmm. we look at how they break it down. So they're going to have deposits in U.S. offices, non-interest bearing, and then interest bearing, and then the other parts there um, below that, and then total deposits for it. So one way to look at it is just total deposits versus um, their total uh, liabilities, right? So that's an easy way of doing it. So total deposits, they break it into two parts, but oh, we have it right there. So what's that say? Total deposits are $1.7 trillion Versus total liabilities? 2.4. Yeah. So that's pretty high. Right, so that's what three, almost three quarters. Um, so that's a pretty good mix of that are deposits. But an easy way of doing that is just comparing it to see if there's any big items that aren't deposits. In this case, like federal funds, they have some things like that. <laughs> so <laughs> this is pretty complicated to get into all this stuff. So there's just other items, and we could talk about what those are, but I don't think it's important. Which is other forms of borrowing. And then other things which are like borrowing, um, which are the repo things and stuff like that. But all of this is stuff that isn't deposits. And I would say that the important thing is to look at deposits. Now, they have elsewhere in their 10K or 10Q information about um, the deposits and the loans in more detail. But that's not actually on the balance sheet. So this is the stuff that's directly on the balance sheet. Um, you On the asset side, you look at the big thing is whether there's loans and whether there's um, securities. Mm-hmm. So you just look there and see how big is loan, how big are loans and how big are securities at some places. Loans will be really big and at some places securities will be bigger. So if we look here, it says uh, total debt securities, right? Yep. And then what does it say for loans and leases, net of allowances, which is bigger and by how much? 998 billion. Loans are like twice as big. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So loans are like twice as much as securities from there. Now they also have cash though, and cash can basically be like securities. You can kind of add it to that, but still loans are bigger here. So if we looked at like frost or something, it would be different. We'd have less loans than at bank of America. Yeah. Um, so we can just pick another. All right. Yeah. One. I got a good one. 
be so that's bit. like you need to look at the FDIC call report and to look at detailed things about the disclosures about loans and things, which are all throughout the document. But they have to be you know more specific to that than just looking at the balance sheet for a bank. Let's look at Cedar Fair. Okay. That links it. All right. Well, they make it easy for you. They put it right, right the there. There yeah. we go. Okay. So um, again, and you may. I mean, do yeah. you do you think you look for different things depending on the company? So, like, if you're looking at a restaurant, you'd probably obviously comparing it to like an amusement park company. Honestly, no. But you, but obviously, there's different things about the capital structure, right? Which we'll see. But you still typically look and compare the same things. For example, like current assets to yeah. you know total liabilities I mean, and we, stuff like that. This is weird, but I mean, you could blind me to what the company is, and I would still look at the same things because the items in the balance sheet give it away. Okay. Um, so I mean, honestly, uh, like I just wrote up a restaurant thing and I talked about the fact that there's a significant, unlike many restaurant companies, they have a significant amount of land and stuff that they own versus other things here. Like this gives some of it away. So for instance, if we didn't know this was a theme park and stuff, um, we you would know quick. It says things, rides and equipment and <laughs> yeah. stuff, but it also has right of use asset, right? Uh -huh. So right of use asset without getting all complicated about the accounting and stuff should be an incredibly large number in many cases. If you're having a lease thing because of how it works works with how big that item would be showing up. It's sort of capitalized that way. So if we have something that's that small versus actual land, it means they own a lot of land, right? Um, so this is actually a f very detailed balance sheet. Um, they have not condensed it much. So when you look at a balance sheet, they condense a bunch of different items. The idea being that the company has all these different um, line items, and then it collapses those items down into certain categories, which is how it pre presents a condensed balance sheet. Um, and so if we look here, this is very detailed. So normally, for instance, companies, it's fairly rare. I mean, it's not unheard of, but it's fairly rare for companies to give you the gross number and the net number. They don't have to do it. So if you look up here, they could just do a note to the depreciation. Um, they've given you the um, accumulated depreciation and stuff, but they've actually not only done that, they've broken out each of the items for the um, property plan and equipment. Normally, so if you look at this, property and equipment, for most companies, their balance sheet will just say property and equipment net. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. This company is telling you land, land improvements, buildings, rides and equipment, construction and progress, then they less accumulated depreciation. That all is in every um, 10Q or 10K, but it's in a note in the depreciation. So when I say read a balance sheet and stuff, you want to also read those notes and things. But here they do it right here. Um, so, but let's go down and look at things like um, total liabilities and stuff to start with. So um, because this company is a LP, we're going to have things that are a little different too. Um, so you have to go down further. And does it show? No, not that far. Um, does it show me their? Yeah. So we have their... T um, Right, so we're gonna have their total, let's see, um, liabilities there, let's go up. And So we have current right here and then total down here. Yeah, um, so as you can see, they're overwhelmingly in notes, right? Mm -hmm. So we can see that almost all their liabilities are these notes. Um, which would be like publicly traded debt and stuff, which is different and unusual. And we can see why they would have that. So let's look up at like their current um, assets and stuff like that. 
So we can see that this is a very illiquid company. It's carrying a lot of debt versus a small amount of liquid assets mm -hmm. and things like that. Now it has a very large amount of things like land and stuff like that. Um, but then after the depreciation, it's, it's a lot lower. So it's a heavily indebted company, has a lot of assets, and then it's just a question of like how much it has in um, uh, cash flows each year and stuff. It actually has a fair amount of cash that we can see here. So we can see that there's a fairly large amount of cash, yeah. And so maybe they raised cash somewhat mm -hmm. recently or something like that. So then we would go to like notes that describe the debt and the terms of the debt, like uh, the maturities of the debt and things like that. Um, but from the balance sheet here, we'd see that this would be a company in which we focus on a few things right away. We'd focus on property, property, plant, and equipment possibly. But the main thing we'd focus on overwhelmingly is debt and whether they can pay it. Because your debt here is like eight times your cash or something like that. Um, something like that. So that's, you know, a Yeah, they lot. have total debt, $255 million, but then they have those notes, $2.4 Right, yeah. So total is 2.6. Okay, yeah. So it's, you know, we, we'd all be focused on the debt. Oops, let's go to another company. Dave and Buster's We've talked about this okay. a few times. Beautiful, yeah. right there as well. And it's easier to read; fits all on one page. Yes. So here we have um, their their. Um, so this is one thing to point out. So a lot of companies will not show a line for total liabilities. They don't have to. Um, the reason why they don't have to, like, just so you can do it easily in your head, is an accounting equation where you're you're um, you're going to have just three items. You're gonna have you're gonna have assets, you're gonna have liabilities, and you're gonna have equity. So you don't actually have to add up if you look at this all of the um, uh, items below current liabilities. I know a lot of people do this. So if a company says current liabilities, they then add the items below that to try to come up with their total liabilities. Mm -hmm. But actually, you can do it by looking here at you see total shareholders equity. Yeah. Right. And you see total liabilities and stockholders' equity? Yeah. So liabilities and stockholders' equity together equals assets. And so obviously, if you have an item that says total liabilities and stockholders' equity, you can simply subtract out the equity. So in this case, it's what? 2.6 billion total assets. It doesn't say total assets, but that's what it means. Well, mm -hmm. total assets up there are the same. Those two numbers will always be the same. Mm -hmm. So the total liabilities and stockholders equity must equal assets. That's what balances in a balance sheet. So um, we can just take 2.6 billion and subtract equity, which is what? 250 million. 250 million, and what's left is liabilities. Mm -hmm. So a lot. Yeah, <laughs> very much. So. A lot of liabilities. So then let's look and see the assets. What do those assets consist of? So um, the item that stands out here, right, is operating leases. They're mm -hmm. leasing a lot of things. That's basically what stands out, right? So we see it's one point some billion there. Yeah, we have a there? billion. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have another item to long-term debt. Right? Yes. Yeah. So what stands out to me immediately here is why do they have both debt and leases? Mm -hmm. Okay. That are so big. So they have operating leverage and they have financial leverage. Well, there's it's sort of two forms of financial leverage that they have here, right? So normally if you would take on a um, asset, right? Uh, you know, like as an example, right? If you want to live somewhere 
uh, you know, in, as an individual, not as a company, um, you either sign a lease to stay 12 months in an apartment or whatever and commit to that and risk breaking the lease and having to pay a penalty or whatever, mm-hmm. or you buy a house. Mm-hmm. You don't normally do both, right? So you mortgage the house. Why do you have both a mortgage and a rent? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting question. I don't know unless I like investigate the business, but it immediately stands out because normally you see one really big item of one or the other, not a mix of both. And so is there some other reason why they have the debt that's different? Did they borrow and then buy back a lot of stock? Did they borrow because of COVID? Do they borrow because they actually own things, which I don't believe just because you wouldn't normally own things in malls. So there's some reason why they did it, but it's unusual. So normally a company that is leasing a lot of stuff, doesn't also have a lot of debts, right? It does happen sometimes like um, Kroger or something like has a mix of like half owned locations, half leased locations. So it has some meaningful debt, Mm -hmm. but that's weird. And then um, we have the cash there, and I would look at that. The cash is very small compared to the long-term debt, and so there's a lot of liabilities here. It just seems like a ton of liabilities, and so that becomes an issue. Um, some things are you'll notice but are boring and don't really mean anything. So operating lease of right-of-use assets is basically going to balance off with operating lease liabilities for the most part. That was just a new yeah. accounting thing. Yeah, yeah, it's an accounting thing. So... Um, and then you also notice things like trade names and goodwill, just so people know this. If you see those balance sheet items, it does mean they acquired something. Uh, because if it had been internally generated, that actually wouldn't show up on the balance uh, show up on a balance sheet. Mm. because uh, inter- Under goodwill. Right. A company can have a ton of goodwill, but say you're Coca-Cola. Your goodwill can't be the Coca-Cola brand because you created that yourself. But if you go out and you buy another brand, then you can add that into the goodwill and stuff as just as uh, a way of dealing with some of the premium you paid over book value. And then once you understand the balance sheet, right, what do you go to next? Is it, you know, EBITDA or cash flows and see what they're earning on, you know, the assets in the business? How do you typically think about that? Um, I go from the balance sheet to the cash flow statement uh, to the income statement in that order. Uh, but I'd be careful not to go that quickly to move on to other things, um, depending on what you see here. You want to look and see that you're not getting any surprises. Like, so in this example, Dave and Buster's, there's surprises. So it doesn't mean that it won't be okay, but already I'm not, already I'm, you know, this is not ranking high. And also because you know what their business is. Only because I know what their business is, is this not a no right away? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would be to see what those uh, liabilities are and stuff that you have there right away. Um, I mean, I, just as an example, let's see property and equipment net, right? So, what is that? Uh, that's 872 million. 872 million. Okay. So, you have that item. And then against that, you have debt, which is close to that amount, and you have lease liabilities which is over that amount. So, I mean, there's not a lot of substance here to the, I mean, there's a ton of debt and there's not a lot of substance to offset it. Depending on the company, so like, the two of the things that might have a lot of value at a company usually are cash and like land type things. And the land could be undervalued. Um, So those are the two that you kind of focus in on as assets that could offset your liabilities here. Um, this doesn't look like a balance sheet with a lot of good collateral on it. 
So you would then need to find out about the cash flows pretty quickly. There are other things you can look at. So, I mean, if you want to investigate it deeply, you can look at things like treasury stocks. So did they buy back a lot of stock? You'll notice that's big item, right? Mm -hmm. Which is my suspicion. And I don't remember for this company specifically that that's what the debt's for. Oh, do you typically like to see companies that do that? No, but I, I can't think what else the debt would be for. Um, so, I mean, we could figure out that and stuff, but you should be leasing locations. You shouldn't be borrowing a lot of money to do that. So I don't know what that's for. Um, but they bought back a lot of stock, right? How much did they buy back? $600 yeah. million? Dollars? Yeah. Yeah. And then their retained earnings is, yeah. So without the buyback, so just so people know, the retained earnings would be reduced by the amount of the buyback. So the retained earnings otherwise would be like $900 million or something. That would be like the $600 million that would make up a big part of the whole here. It would change the balance sheet significantly if you shifted like $600 million from um, we don't see it here because it's bought back the treasury stock to being, say, on the cash and equivalent. So if they had $600 million in cash now, that'd be like $820 million that would completely offset the debt, right? And then you just have a lot of liability. So I'd say, okay, the business has to lease things for a mm -hmm. long time and stuff. That's what the business is. You know, even if I didn't know that's what Dave and Buster's was, I the balance sheet would tell me that there's a huge lease item here. But it would eliminate the whole debt thing completely. Mm -hmm. Whereas here I'm saying, why is there all this debt? So that's a financial engineering thing. I think I've got to f imagine that. And so you could guess at these things just by looking at the balance sheet. You don't need to like look at a 10-year record or to learn about the company or something. You already come up with these guesses right away just from looking at those items. And a lot of that comes from pattern recognition as well and looking at other companies and stuff. Sure. Like your pattern recognition should be why are there both a lot of leases and debt? Something weird is going on here. And then once you know that... You then look at things like, okay, what are the retained earnings? And okay, what are the, you know, the treasury stock that we have here and those sorts of things. And that's a very big item. You know, we don't come across companies much that have that big a hole in the balance sheet due to the treasury stock thing. So mm -hmm. someone bought back a lot of stock. Now they could have bought back at much higher prices or whatever, but um, there was a significant buyback there. You can tell, yeah. I mean, but also you can just see from the balance sheet right away, if you look down at the bottom. So... Um, assets over equity is leveraged like 10 to 1. So to give you an example, Bank of America was leveraged about 10 to 1. Uh -huh. So this is a company that's leveraged about as much as a bank by those numbers, which isn't necessarily a problem if they're like um, completely an intangible driven company and they used all the buyback stock. Then we would look at the cash flows and say, okay. But there's no substance here in terms of collateral and stuff. It all has to be cash flows. There's nothing here for anyone to collect if if they were trying to seize assets or something, it's just, there's nothing there. Got it. Cool. Well, I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with Jeff and I on the Focus Compounding Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, 46% of people that watch our videos are not subscribed to our YouTube. I got the YouTube Studio apps. Now I got all these analytics. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for all of the support and we will see you in the next podcast.